0: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Youths. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: Welcome into a holiday episode of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Didn't want to leave you without your Utes fix over the uh, Memorial Day weekend, so we've got an update for you here. It's a crossover episode of the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. I did this episode earlier last week with Cindy Robinson, the host over there. We break down the Utah football team offense defense and the scheduling uh if you've already heard this episode feel free to skip it we'll have more later on uh this week regarding the weekend activities as there were some big big updates in both utah golf and track and field and all the above big weekend for utah athletics even though it was a holiday weekend and we'll break down all that including getting to our top 10 uh, Games in Utah football on, during the Pac-12 era. I need to find a better acronym or, or name for that. So if you've got a little catchy title and in, in mind, let me know. Otherwise, uh, enjoy this episode. Cindy does a great job. We go back and forth and banter a little bit about her Utah or or uh, Washington State fandom, and, and you know I'm trying hard to convert her so that she chooses the Red Gang. Uh, keep following along if you don't mind. Over at Locked On Pac-12, you can find it all on the podcast platforms. I'm usually on Mondays and Wednesdays. We talk a lot of Pac-12. I try to mix in as much Utah stuff as possible. If you haven't listened to it, here's the episode. Enjoy this. We'll be back later with more Locked On Utes this week. <laughs>
0: locked on pack 12 where we keep you up to date on everything conference of champions there's no better place to get all of your pac 12 conference news than the locked on pack 12 podcast hosted by your girl cindy robinson follow the locked on pack 12 podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast today we're locked on utah football so there's no better person to have on with me today than locked on youth's co-host brian brown what's up brian
1: hey cindy i can't believe that i actually made it i can't believe i got on here finally it's so weird talking to you
0: ah no 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 now you know every monday and wednesday it is me and brian day you can already anticipate that but this is a special day because i'm letting you know letting you all know now that brian is taking the reins i am just here to moderate because today is his day utah is his world and i am just here you know to listen and learn <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I went to my first Utah football game when I was three months old and have gone pretty much every year since then. So I do have a, a little bit of, of knowledge of the program and everything like that. But uh, I think the one cool part about being a Utah fan is coming into the Pac-12, what was once the Pac-10, and seeing what real conferences are like, playing in real stadiums, and, and no disrespect to the Mountain West or or the WAC or any of the places that we've been, but where we're headed is a lot more fun. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, there's nothing quite like the pack. Um, I will say that is one thing we can have a connection there. I was a part of pack 10 sports, um, then was a part of the transition into pack 12. I think it was like dead set in my, in my year. So I would think I was a sophomore, Our last year as Pac-10 and then junior year was the start of Pac-12. So Utah definitely came in um, swinging, I will say, (laughs) and made sure their names were known as as far as the football realm goes. So let's dive into this uh, upcoming season and what to expect, starting with the offense.
1: Yeah, Utah kind of came into the Pac-12 like the party guest holding 230 racks, but uh, the, the, the drinks went quickly, and then things kind of dipped down, and now they're kind of back up to where I think they've always planned on being, and, and it's a program that really has been built on defense, and so when we start out talking about offense, there's always question marks, right, and and this year, I think the two biggest question marks are, how do you replace the production of of uh, Ty Jordan, may he rest in peace, and and how do you finally get the the offense on track in terms of the passing game or the throw game as Kyle Whittingham likes to call it because that's really been the Achilles heel for the University of Utah ever since they've come into the conference. The one year they had a good quarterback, Tyler Huntley, they were there in the conference championship game year previous as well. He got injured, had to have the backup Jason Shelley step up. And so there's a lot riding on that decision. And, And like a lot of teams in conference this year, Utah is trying to figure out who's going to start at quarterback. The real obvious candidate I think is probably Baylor transfer Charlie Brewer had a really solid spring didn't throw an incompletion in the spring game I don't know if you're all about that spring game Heisman trophy but I am so I gave it to him for that little performance. Uh, and then they'll also have to replace that production in the running back room, went to the transfer portal, picked up T.J. Pledger from Oklahoma, picked up Chris Curry from LSU, had previous running back Makai Bernard in the backfield. He's a guy that they love, and and from what we've seen in in limited spurts, he's done a really good job. So there's potential there, but I think the biggest question is, is what do you do with the wide receiver position, and how do you get the passing game on track?
0: Yeah, so, okay, I'm all for the... The spring Heisman uh, if your defense is good. So we'll get into the defense a little later, but I guess you, you know, the breakdown of, you know, everything you need um, as far as each position and everything. What are some highlights and I guess lowlights that you're anticipating going into the season?
1: Well, I mean, we don't have enough time for me to really, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Utah fans love their football team, and so we go back and forth on this all the time. I think for sure the positions of strength are, you know, despite the 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 loss of Ty Jordan, they did a great job of going through the transfer portal, getting the two transfers from Oklahoma and LSU. They also picked up a Juco commitment from Tavion Thomas, who is a bounce back from Cincinnati. He's 6'2", 230, and, and has that that Derrick Henry feel to him. I'm not trying to say that that's who he is, but he's got that size and that unique blend of of speed. So there's another option for him. I think the other part of this offense that looks, looks really good uh, no matter who is getting plugged in there as the tight end position. Brand Keithy did a great job last year, sniffed around and see if he was going to be, be able to get into the NFL draft. It was an all-conference selection. Uh, he'll be back again, and he's a versatile weapon. They use him in the throw game. They use him running the ball. He even lined up at running back against Colorado one game last year in a little Wildcat setup. So he's a very versatile athletic piece. He's kind of an undersized guy but uh, does a lot of cool stuff in the offense, you know, takes some handoffs. It, it's, it's, it's a unique player that they use in that position. Uh, Cole Fotheringham, another tight end, and then Dalton Kincaid, a transfer from San Diego. I think the positions that Utah really is kind of uh, question, most questionable are wide receiver and offensive line. Offensive line didn't do uh, as well last year, I think, as fans uh, hoped or expected. Some of that was because of some injuries early on in the season. Uh, but Nick Ford, standout center, looking back to to, to return and anchor that unit, um, and and we'll see how the rest of it fills in with the wide receiver position. Losing Brian Thompson to Arizona State, that's a pretty big loss, in my opinion. He was the best wide receiver in the program. You lose your best guy, that's that's not a good thing. And then you lose Samson Nakua, who transferred with his brother Puka from Washington down to BYU. That's another big loss. Uh, they were able to get Theo Howard last week, a transfer wide receiver from Oklahoma who, who went to Oklahoma from UCLA. So some fans may recognize that name. But how do you put all this together in, you know, in, in a single season, a single offseason, with COVID still kind of out there hovering a little bit That'll be the real question. Can they develop enough chemistry on the offensive side of the football? And will they be able to throw the ball when it matters and and make sure that the offense stays on track? I think Utah's always had a really solid ground game. Zach Moss was kind of the apex, the pinnacle of that. So we'll wait and see. But uh, there's a lot of optimism out here in Salt Lake City for sure.
0: Okay, okay. Optimism is good. You know, something to look forward to. I guess those questions will be answered probably have to wait to early beginning of season because fall camp is only going to tell you so much about who your starters are and not necessarily what the production will look like in an actual game so something to look forward to Utah fans is not all hope is lost there's there's a chance there (laughs) Uh, coming up next we will discuss the defense well Brian will break down the defense for you guys
1: Time to talk about a new sponsor here on the podcast, and one that I'm really excited about. As many of you know, I love to eat. I also love to cook. It's something that I get really excited about. I'm very into it. Outside of sports, probably the one thing that I love more than my dog at this point in time. And as I've started to get into it more and experiment and try new things, I I did a mac and cheese the other night that was just absolutely phenomenal. But as I was making it and putting it together, it took me a lot longer than it should have. Because I'm realizing that I just don't have the right kitchen tools that I need. And that's where made-in steps in. Made-in cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chefs. I tried their chef's knife, and here's why I love it. This thing is... Absolutely durable. It's nice and heavy. It fits nicely into my hand. Uh, it does a tremendous job of, of getting my food cut up nicely. It's very easy to handle. If you've ever had to use a knife, some of those knives are not easy uh, to get in and out of, of whatever it is that you're cutting. Not easy to get a good clean cut. This knife came straight out from it sharp. You know, it's it's a beautiful knife. It's got a great color scheme. Comes in a really pretty sleeve. They even throw in a nice little uh, Band-Aid there with a Made In logo on it just to let you know that that knife is super sharp. And I'm super excited to keep using it. It was great as I was trying to trim some fat off of uh, something that I was smoking. It was also great as I was coveting up uh, the cheese and and the butter for the mac and cheese and doing some vegetables and everything like that. It's super versatile. And, And that's got me even more excited to go to... Uh, made in's website and get more of their quality professional code require products right now made in is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code locked on this is the best discount available anywhere online for made in products i promise you you will not get a better discount their products are awesome i really do love my knife and when it came i was just Super excited. I wasn't gonna start throwing knives or anything like that. And I wasn't gonna start juggling my knife or anything like that. But I could not wait to get started using my knife. So go to madeincookware.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for fifteen percent off your first order. That's made slash Locked on, use that promo code locked on. Go get yourself some stuff. They've got all sorts of different varieties of cookware, whether you need pots, pans, knives, whatever it is, wine glasses. They have it there. The stuff is very high quality. So go get that 15% off using that promo code locked on. Made in cookware. Time again to talk about our friends over at rockauto.com. The only place that I go to get my auto parts, and you know how much I love to get auto parts. You've heard me talk about it a lot. Uh, the whip has not seen any repairs recently, but it is time for some new headlights. So, of course, I'm going to go to rockauto.com because it's super easy to find my cars, make and model on there the exact headlight that I need for it. So, there won't be any issues once it gets to my door. Uh, it is great because I'm going to get a cheaper uh, price on my headlight when I go to rockauto.com. You know They have different tiers if you go to other stores, like if you're a wholesaler or if you're a mechanic, then you're paying less than if you're just a random person off the street. That's not the case at rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business. They've been doing this for 20 years, serving auto parts customers online. Uh, The site is really easy to use. It's easy to find the parts. The prices are clearly labeled. Once you get that all ordered up, it goes directly to your door. It's super easy. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed in this ad that I'm talking about how easy it is. That's probably because Rock Auto is just really that easy. Uh, It's cheaper than anywhere else you're gonna go. So if you have to get something for your car, get it right now. Get it delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com. There's a little box on there that says, how did you hear about us? You're going to put in locked on and specifically locked on youths because you love us so much. And then you're going to go ahead and get your parts and get your car fixed and get back on the road because that's what you do when you go to rockauto.com. It's great. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com.
0: All right, Brian, now we're going to jump into this defense. I think that, you know, you might be in a better shape on the defense from what I've read and looked up and kind of, you know, researched. But you let me know the deal.
1: <laughs> it's like Kyle Whittingham, that's where he comes from. He's, he's a former linebacker. That's where he's always based this, this organization. It's what their foundation is built on. It's really what's gotten them up into the upper tier of the Pac-12 in terms of being able to compete was building things on defense. And for a long time, it was frustrating for Utah fans because you'd have a great wide receiver prospect, and two weeks later, he'd be a DB. Now that's led to some really positive movement. You know, you had Julian Blackman, who had DP, uh, your Defensive Player of the Year, or sorry, rookie defensive player of the year uh, opportunities in the NFL, along with Jalen Johnson. So there's a lot of talent that goes into that pipeline now, and, and they've been able to to recruit a lot better. I think when you look at the defensive side of the football With this iteration of the University of Utah, it all starts and ends with Devin Lloyd. He preseason All-American. You know, he's an all-conference selection. He is the type of inside linebacker that now scouts are looking at and saying, "Okay, hey, he could be a first a day one or a day two guy. In fact, there's a couple lists I've seen him on already. Pro Football Network being one of them that has him ranked in the top three of the best inside linebacking prospects. So what what really comes about with this defense is how well uh, can Devin Lloyd continue to lead a very young unit that's still uh, trying to get their feet wet in a lot of spots, and and they'll do they will need to replace uh, you know a safety and in, in Nate Ritchie who left on an LDS mission, but they uh, they've recruited for that position, including uh, picking up a transfer from Washington, uh, so that. Reload, reload, reload. As it goes with the defensive side of the football, as always, Utah's going to have a ton of defensive linemen. It's it's a you know a Polynesian uh, cultural center really up there up front, and and they always do a good job with that. So, the biggest question in in my mind is how do you keep them developing? How do you keep some of the uh, some of the youth movement still progressing forward?
0: Um, one thing I've noticed is there seems to be a lot of family ties in the Pac-12. And so I'm noticing there's a lot of Souls in the Pac-12 and a lot of um, other Polynesian names. I see that they're, I don't want to mess his name. Oh, you know how I am about this? Mata'afa?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Mata'afa. Cousin of,
0: yeah. Cousin of Washington State's Hercules. So what do you think about that? Like, Facing your family members, you know, in the conference, I think, in my opinion, it's cool, but also, like, another level of competition to expect.
1: A hundred percent, I think, especially with the Sewell brothers, like, that's a family that, like, y- y- you want to talk about bonds. I mean, they're as tight as can be when it comes to being brothers, but I think some of that probably stems from the fact that they were going head-to-head all the time growing up. know, Panay just moved on to the NFL. Uh, Nephi is at Utah playing linebacker now. He started out as a safety uh, at Nevada, and then transferred up there. Uh, the the baby of the family, so to speak, Noah, who who tips in at six two two sixty, you know, is up there at Oregon and already made his impact. I think that's a fun aspect of it. We see it with the Calvert brothers, right? Josh Calvert just recently transferred to Utah. Little bro Ethan is coming up in the pipelines. Uh, you know, the Garbers, for example, is another uh, family of brothers. Uh, the quarterbacks, Ethan and and uh, uh, I believe it was Nate. Uh, if I mess that one up, I'm sorry, Cal fans. I'm thinking on the fly here. But um, it, it is one of those things where you see, and there's actually quite a lot of it, you know, on USC as well, uh, those family ties. And I think it's a big reason that uh, recruiting matters so much, you know, yeah, because you start out with like, for example, the Sewells getting Panay up to Oregon. and Now, listen, it was almost like a slam dunk that Noah was going to follow him. And so in recruiting, I think, especially in the Pac-12, it is so uh, – familiar well, let's put it that way mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say incestuous because that's,
0: yeah, it's a little know, yeah that's a little, it's a
1: little <laughs> it's family program, family still, program. but uh it, it definitely is one of those things where and especially with certain cultures here in the conference where it's like almost everybody is related to some degree and and if not through actual blood or family ties then through the the game of football
0: so last season we all know it was a shortened season only six games the development uh, the time to develop, I would say, wasn't fully there. Are you concerned about that going into this season or do you feel like it was enough to at least get their feet wet and going into this season, they're just going to capitalize off of that?
1: I do think it is a concern because I think you've got a lot of guys starting at critical positions that still haven't seen a ton of time. Utah likes to run a lot of man coverage. They depend heavily on their defensive backs. So that puts JT Broughton and Clark Phillips III into a really strong position. I think you could see it in the very first game last year versus USC – those elite wide receivers really kind of took it to that young, young defensive core. And it took them a little while to catch on. In fact, I would argue that they really didn't start to show out and really look comfortable until the third game of the season. Now Utah had its own COVID issues that it had to deal with, with a massive outbreak right before they were supposed to go play a game. And so that I think um, all of that limits development, right? Like Football is such a repetitious sport where you have to get those reps in, and when you only get four or five games in, that does limit your potential. But I think the difference is is that in years past, Utah was such a developmental program where they had to go get guys that were maybe two and three stars and develop them. Now they're getting four stars. So those guys are coming in and they're already developed. They're already a bit grown. I mean, you look at a guy like Van Fillinger, who Utah nabbed at the last minute from Texas in, in the previous year recruiting cycle. Like he is a grown man at 6'3, 260 at the defensive end spot. You know, it took his lumps a little bit last year trying to work on the technique, but I expect him to make a big jump this year. Xavier Carlton, another guy that I think will have a similar path where he was. Xavier's huge. He's six, seven, really long arms, defensive end. And we saw a little bit in the spring game that he's starting to learn how to use that frame. And so that gives them an advantage that now they actually have the talent with their players to go along with it. The recruiting has improved drastically. Um, I I remember first coming into the conference and seeing Utah competing with Nevada and Boise State for players. And now you see them competing with uh, Alabama, Auburn. Oregon, all these top tier programs, USC going head to head, you know, USC nabbed a quarterback out of Utah's backyard last year, and Jackson Dart really impressed down there already. So the program has really grown a lot in in this stretch as as we're coming into the 10th year in the Pac-12 for the Utes. And I think that's the biggest difference now is, is they're not as dependent on the development. The talent is now there defensively. Boy, do I have a good lot of good news for all of y'all. I got a package over the weekend from my favorite built Bar, and they have a new flavor that's coming out, and it is going to knock your socks off. I cannot talk about it right now, unfortunately, but I will... Absolutely shout it from the rooftops when it does drop. But that's the best part about BuiltBar.com. They are continually looking for ways to improve, to find new flavors, to make their bars better. And I don't know how you improve on the best tasting uh, protein bar on the market. I had three yesterday. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Uh, it was you know one of those days where I was just craving sweets. And I knew that if I was going to get through the day and and feel healthy at the end of the day, that it was going to be by eating my Built bar under 200 calories 17 grams of protein or more depending on the flavor less than five grams of sugar less than four grams net carbs they use real chocolate on all the chocolate bars you've heard us talk about the flavors that we all love mint brownie cherry uh, double chocolate some of my favorites So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order, that's how I get my Built Bars, using that same promo code, because it's the best deal out there, that's why Built Bar loves us, because we talk about them so much, and, and people go, and they try them, they love them, I've got most of my family hooked on them, Jake obviously is hooked on them, I've got friends hooked on them, I have people texting me all the time saying, hey, will you stop doing the Built Bar reads, because my wife is trying to order too many built bars and you know what i'm not gonna stop because i love built bar uh i really do it's one of my favorite things to look forward to i just i hope at some point they expand into cookies and all the other snacks you know if we can get like a built bar jelly bean or some built bar uh, m&ms that would be just delightful but until then i'll i'll keep uh keep myself satisfied using all the great and wonderful flavors and products that they have for their protein bars. Now, in the meantime, you need to go to buildbar.com and use that promo code LOCK15, uh, and we're all just going to go
0: get built, fam. All right, now it's time for us to check out this schedule. I'm going to let it be known now. Utah, you're, you're in the mix of those that have it a little rough this season. This is not by any means, an easy schedule, in my opinion.
1: That's what we get paid for is opinions, though, and, and <laughs> let me tell you, it is handsome.
0: <laughs> okay, so starting it off, your non-conference games, definitely winnable for Utah. Um, Weber State, I'm not very familiar. Again, just because it's not a popular name doesn't mean that they're not good. Just I expect Utah to do what can yeah, you do? <laughs> it's
1: a tune-up game. They're an FCS program out of Ogden, Utah. They've been very successful at that level, but just they don't have the talent to to really, you know, I, I shouldn't say compete. They'll give them a good look and and, you know, the former – Uh, special teams coordinator from Utah, Jay Hill, is now the head coach up there. So there's a lot of familiarity with the program. This honestly should be a scrimmage rather than a game. In fact, I'd rather see them play these kinds of games in the spring rather than going inter squad, uh, in intra squad stuff like that. But that's, that's a topic for another day. Um, BYU obviously interstate rival. That's always always going to be a fierce competitive battle. Had to take last year off because of COVID, so that'll be ramped up again. And, and it's always always a good game. Uh, better to get that one done early, though, and then you'll you'll go down to California and play San Diego State, and old Mountain West Conference foe. But uh, those are all very winnable games for a team like Utah. That's that's picked to finish, you know, at the upper tier of the Pac-12 South
0: yeah so when you guys start conference i'm letting you know now you're gonna lose sorry i'm not gonna give you that one it's not a winnable game for you washington state is not going down like that we're coming to utah and whooping that butt
1: <laughs> always welcome in the friendly confines of rice eccles stadium we love it when cougars come to town because we're really successful against the cougars so let's let's go ahead and see how things go and uh You know, I'm happy and elated to continue uh, improving on that win loss record for Kyle Whittingham versus Nick Rolovich. He's already had one nothing. So, you know, we'll just keep that train rolling.
0: You can win against the BYU Cougars. You will not win against the Washington State Cougars this season. I am saying it now. I am declaring it. And when it happens, I'm coming back on here to talk all my crap. Okay. I'm letting you know now it's going to be a tough week between us, Brian, you know, got nothing but love for you, but that week is, is, is rivals. We're, you know, we're not, we're not going to see eye to eye.
1: <laughs> see, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pitch it to the network and say that we need to get you out here for that game so we can do some live work and everything like that. let you see the va- Valley here, let you experience the atmosphere in Rice Eccles and, 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 you'll, you'll realize that this, this is the place for uh for pac-12 champions
0: oh goodness oh goodness well keep that same energy when you head down to la to play usc obviously tough to play in the coliseum
1: Yay. Utah hasn't won there in a hundred years. <laughs> you're telling me, you know, like like it, it, it is the kind of last thing on the bucket list for Utah fans and for the program. It, it's coming a week after they, they get a bye. So it'll be, I, I think by that point, it'll be pretty clear who the best teams in the conference really are or who has the best positioning. So I would expect that one to be a primetime game. And you know that USC is going to bring it. Uh, uh, there's this weird kind of, energy between utah and usc where it's like a lot of cali kids come out to utah feel disrespected because they didn't go to usc and usc is kind of like no thanks little bro y'all stay home
0: <laughs> no precisely and then i mean it doesn't get too much easier coming back home to utah to play asu uh the one benefit is it will be home field advantage but asu another formidable uh opponent in the pac-12 south Those two we've been talking about, USC, ASU, are expected to be the ones battling it out in the Pac-12 South. But Utah can easily—I won't say easily—but Utah can sneak in there and possibly get an upset or two to make things change around, and they end up being, you know, on top of the Pac-12 South.
1: Like you said, it's a home game for Utah, and and that the impact of the stadium and the atmosphere there is is. It's hard to quantify really how much it can play. There's still a little bit of bad blood between Utah and Arizona State as well. I think Herm Edwards has done a great job down there. They've gotten good talent in. It remains to be seen if they can really push through to that next level. Uh, They're kind of like a lot of Pac-12 programs where the talent is there. Can you really push through? I think a lot of it will rest on the uh, narrower shoulders of Jaden Daniels. We'll see if maybe he can get on the uh, Brian Brown offseason eating program, (laughs) get a little bit of extra meat on those bones. But it's a tough stretch. And then you have to leave right after Arizona State and go up to Corvallis and never an easy place to play for one. Number two, I really think that Oregon State is a team that's on the rise, and I think that they could jump up and surprise some people. So this stretch of games right there, you got – at usc then home for arizona at oregon state then home for ucla through october without a doubt uh, a very difficult stretch
0: right and i mean we can we can say that it gets a little lighter with ucla stanford arizona but because of just the way things go (laughs) in the pac 12 you really never know you never know if a team is going to show up arizona is that one that Even the preview going into their season is a little it's a little dicey and it it might be a little ugly for them. This is more probably like a rebuilding season for them rather than an actual we're looking to rack up wins. But I think those are the teams also that end up sneaking up on you because one, a team will underestimate them or two, they have more confidence than you expect them to coming into a game. So that stretch is like an iffy one. It should be in the minds of Utah wins. Coming their way against UCLA, Stanford, Arizona, but there's no guarantee there.
1: Stanford and Utah, it's kind of like a a similar matchup. You know, more power oriented teams, and they've they've gone to head to head a lot of times. And Utah's been a little bit better uh, the past few years, but early on it was all Stanford, Arizona. One thing I'll point out with those guys, when you have a new coach and other coaching staffs haven't had a time to really evaluate what they do, they can always sneak up on people. And it seems like Jed Fish has done a really good job of, of getting uh, the enthusiasm back in the program and, and building it that way. I did listen to your preview with Michael Luke. It was a great job, but even Michael was willing to concede that like, okay, this is going to be a tough year. You know, so yeah. that mm. being that game is in Tucson. It gives, I think the cats a chance, probably more so than if it was at uh, up in Salt Lake city, but then you look at how you close out the year and it's Oregon and Colorado and that Oregon November 20th game at Rice Eccles Stadium depending on how things work themselves out that could be an absolutely critical late season game for either program uh, considering that there's an opportunity for both to either go through that entire stretch with one loss or zero losses it could be a huge meeting or it could be a complete you know who cares These <laughs> guys are both folded nothing's <laughs> worth it right like that's part of the fun of the pac-12 is that we can talk about all these scenarios and every single one of them is plausible
0: facts we've seen it happen um it, you just really never know and that's why it's like it's fun to preview these games but you i always have to give the disclaimer like don't hold me to everything i say because it's not a guarantee at all ending that with colorado um i guess It's so funny because i always think of like who are the rivals in pac-12 you know so it's like obviously washington state and washington and usc ucla i feel like colorado and utah got the defaults of being rivals because they came in together and they were the two left to be rivals um i don't know about like if there is an actual rivalry rivalry there but we
1: like to call it the backyard barbecue. or okay. the, uh, the picnic rivalry, where it's okay. just kind of like two neighbors come, the neighborhood block party. Okay. Uh, like, it, it's kind of that awkward thing where, like, your spouse comes home and says, Hey, we got to go to this party. And you're like, All right, well, whatever. Like, I guess if we have to, there's not really a whole lot of bad blood necessarily. It's a fun game. Last few years have been really, like, really exciting, really fun. Had a lot on the line for both mm-hmm. programs. Uh, Colorado, uh, led in the first half utah came back in the second half uh it seems like those games are always surrounded by snow one way or yeah, another yeah uh so i get like i guess if you're looking for the frozen tundra footage focusing on that game
0: it should be fun then i i always like to watch games from home that are in the <laughs> snow <laughs> like from home because the one sitting i i've sat through a few snow games a very few like very small few um but They're not that fun. (laughs) Like, not sitting in it. It's a little cold. You're not moving on the field like the players. So, I don't like freezing to death to watch a a football game. I'd rather watch it from home, send my support from afar. Love y'all, you know, but I am not going to sit in stands in the snow anymore. But they're always fascinating to watch, especially when the the field is covered in snow, because it's like, how do they know where they're going that's always my question like how i know they try to clear it but you know in the moments where it's like it's coming down there is no way to continue to keep clearing it how
1: (gasps) just just ingenuity grit the fact that we've been doing this for forever up here like i remember the days back when there was just carpet not actual like field turf like there is now so like we've really really progressed in those terms but it's a the way of life up here in, in Salt Lake City it's part of what makes the uh, makes the state great that you do get the four seasons but man I'm I, I try to I try to attack each game the same way I did when I was a player like this is a challenge so I'm gonna get I'm going to get geared mm-hmm. up. I'm going to put on all my coats, all my snow pants. Like, I'm going to get the the electric socks on. I got the thermos full of hot chocolate. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to battle here with the cold, and I'm going to come out of winter. So,
0: that is a diehard fan right there because your girl will be at home on her couch, cozy watching the game. I promise you that. I will not be in nobody's stands. <laughs> and see, the other part weather. of it
1: too, I'll be a week later down there hanging out with you on the beach getting tacos. So, they'll all be good. In
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, thanks for listening to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. Make sure you check out Locked On Today podcast. LeBron James and the Lakers got even against the Suns. You can make sure you check out all the sports need you sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts, as well as the Locked On Pac-12 podcast and the Locked On Utes podcast. Then you can follow Locked On Pac-12 on Twitter at LO underscore Pac-12. And then me, if you really want to, at underscore Cindy Robinson. And then my buddy Brian at...
1: At Brown Bear SLC uh, or at Locked On Utes. That's where the real fun Utah news comes from. Like I always try to warn people, it's mostly just food tweets and random bear gifts, so.
0: Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody I love, have a brand, right? Right. I love I love food tweets because, you know, I like to eat, so there we go. I'm about to go eat right now. So you guys have a great day, and thanks for tuning in. Make sure you stay locked on to Locked On.